0: Hello and welcome to episode 90 of the NFL Scotland podcast. The new NFL season has started, sort of, I think. Um Free agency is certainly underway and we're getting trades. My name is Cameron Hobbs.
1: And my name is Paul Mitchell. We might be in isolation, but together we are something beautiful as we bring you a podcast and all the latest happenings from the NFL.
0: Uh, Don't worry, we're not going to sing Imagine or anything like that. We're just going to talk about the NFL. Yes, things are underway. As I said at the top there, the new season is underway, but the league have set some rules about what you can and can't say.
1: So we'll be sharing what we can and can't talk about. Indeed, and to finish off, on a musical theme, we'll be singing the new song that's coming out of New England. It is, of course, from Les Miserables. Uh,
0: I thought you were going to say, Bye-bye, Brady, Brady, goodbye.
1: I was I was trying to be a bit more west end of of, <laughs> of of the stage and screen rather than the west end of Glasgow, but thank you.
0: And that was my singing debut as well. Anyway, to do all that and more, we're joined by Sky Sports News presenter and big cheesehead Charles Patterson himself. Hello, Charles.
2: Good evening, gentlemen. What a time to be alive. The world has <laughs> gone completely nuts. Have I'm sitting mentioned. in my bunker here. <laughs> And Jimmy Graham signed for the Bears. It's absolutely nuts, isn't it?
0: Charles, we know about your golf game. That's not the first time you've been in a bunker.
2: (laughs) Well, it's funny. uh, Without going into too much detail, I was actually out filming today. And there were no rakes in the bunker on the golf course I was filming because, of course, we're living in this... Very strange world. I think we should probably, before we crack on with talking about the last few days in the NFL, we should pay tribute to all our uh, listeners out there. I hope everybody's healthy and well. Um, it's a very awkward situation for everybody, but we're here to bring you some entertainment, and there's plenty to talk about, isn't there?
0: Yes, indeed. Yeah, we hope everyone's managing to get through its early days yet. Um, we don't know what's going to come, but we're going to do our very best to try and get some podcasts out, some uh, to give you something to listen to as we try and fill these long, long hours stuck in the house. Uh, it has the been.
2: new season's underway, though. I mean, the question is: is what, before we go on, I'd like to ask, do you think that the new season should have started? Because there was a bit of debate about that, is certainly in the American media, and they just went ahead with it, and it's been great to talk about. But in the current climate, I wonder whether or not the NFL maybe will look back and think, hmm, maybe it wasn't such a good idea to actually get free agency and such like underway. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you think about that.
1: I, th- I think it should it should be continuing as much as you can. I mean, you've got to limit travel. There's all sorts of technology that you can go around. There's some of these deals that have already been done, let's be honest. And I think it does provide a welcome distraction. I think we've obviously got to say well done to the NFL Network for making itself available uh, through the Game Pass app for, for people to watch, for something to do. Um, so congratulations to them on that. Yeah,
0: it's been a nice move and a good bit of PR to make Game Pass available to everybody until at least the end of July. I think the the one thing that will be interesting is whether or not the season can kick off when it's intended to at the beginning of September. I think that at least by opening up free agency as standard, there's some kind of normality. And at a time where sport is pretty much stopped, at least it's given some kind of sporting content to things. Interesting as well that they've already come out and rightly said there's going to be no in-person draft events but the draft will take place it will still take place i've seen a few people suggest things like why don't they try and make more of the draft then why don't they drag it out and maybe have a a night for seven days rather than try and cram it all into a weekend and give people at home content to tune into every single day
2: they might well end up doing that the other thing uh, which is going to be a problem i think for some players um, in particular, uh, one specific Carolina Panthers quarterback is that physical um, tests are out, out the window at the moment. And so it makes it complicated for players who maybe have had injuries and things like that. Um, the fact that they can't go and, and have physical tests before joining teams, uh, and I'm sure we'll get on to camps later on and talk about that, but it, the whole situation is up in the air. I have to say, all the information that we've seen, there could be no... Um, training camps at all through the summer, but we're just, we're we're kind of living and winging on a prayer at the moment. So let's just talk about all the exciting transfers. <laughs>
0: yeah. And let's start with a bit of free agency news. There's been trades and we will come on to those, but the biggie, the one, uh, and re- regardless of what you think about whether he's on the slide, the decline, whatever, the biggie is Brady going to Florida.
2: That's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. But I think we should have seen this coming the the rumble from New England for the last couple of months was, does he want to be in New England? Do they want to keep him? And the PR coming out of the Patriots was, and Robert Kraft said this, I think, if he'd wanted to stay, we would have given him a deal. I think Brady ultimately has decided, you know what? They've not given me the weapons. I'm going to move on. And I don't think he perhaps felt completely loved here because he's getting a massive deal, huge deal in Tampa. And he's going to be working with a great wide receiving core and he's going to be working with Bruce Arians as well. And I think he maybe looked at New England and thought, well, if they're not going to stack up that offence and make things better for me, why not? Why I want to go somewhere that I'm going to be able to win. I'm, he's into his 40s now. He's not got long left. I don't blame him for going. But it, it's it's the end of an era, isn't
0: it? it? Very much the end of an era, the end of a dynasty. It's, And I wonder whether we've had this end of the Patriots dynasty chat for so many years now that there was almost that cynical part of hearing the stories of Brady leaving New England that personally and myself, I was like, there's no way. There's no way he's leaving. He's, he's going to finish his career there because he's so invested in New England. Why would he go anywhere else? And other than for money because I'm not convinced that he's got any better chance of winning in Tampa than he does uh, New England. Certainly that division he's going into is a hell of a lot harder than the AFC East is. Um I, it's 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 for money, really, and a bit of a swan song. And he can do it in the in the sunny climates of Florida rather than the cold November nights in New uh, England.
2: I I think Tampa is a good team now. I think they're immediately. I think they were a good team last year, and they were let down by a quarterback who was scattergun. I think all of a sudden they are an upgrade. I think I I think he's an upgrade on Jameis Winston. I don't. Know if there's any question of that. He's got weapons, and there's also a defense there that was impossible to run against and they've you know they've kept their their key pieces there i think tampa will be right in there with a shout of making the playoffs
0: i think at (laughs) this point we need to go to mr mitchell because this is his division
2: oh he's cacking it isn't
1: he (laughs) well okay i'll I'll give you a couple of of different takes one it's irritating and i'll tell you why it's irritating is it's going to lift the New Orleans Saints against Tampa Bay Bucks, which were reliable, solid six o'clock on a Sunday night games because they stunk uh, because of Tampa. Now it's going to go to Sunday night football or Monday night football or Thursday night football, which is harder <laughs> for me to watch. So, <laughs> so so, selfish
2: it's, of you. Uh, yeah, I'm absolutely. really
1: selfish. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you know, it, we we live in, live in strange times, so I'm allowed to be selfish. Uh, this, the second one is, let's think about why he might be going there. I think he's going there to try and do something that nobody apart from Peyton Manning has done. And as that is actually leave the place that he was most well-known And gone and won another Super Bowl. Peyton Manning achieved it. Joe Naismith couldn't do it. Joe Montana came close but couldn't do it. You know, we saw your Green Bay great go away to the Vikes and the Jets to try and do something. He couldn't do it. So I think there's an element of he's throwing himself a fresh challenge, but I think he's been very clever about it. Bruce Arians is a terrific, really well respected coach. He's not going to, you know, ride him too hard. He's going to give, you know, Tom Brady what he wants. He's looked around. Possibly the best place to win. They've got a great receiving core. They've got fairly solid at tight end. It's a good looking offense. I mean, remember it was thirty for thirty uh, for Jameis Winston. Now, even if he'd halved his his interception rate, they would have had a phenomenal season. They could have been eleven and five.
2: Well, they but- won seven games, didn't they? Exactly. They won seven- even but with they, him chucking it everywhere,
1: yeah. So, so um, if you if you say that they could, I I think they could have gone eleven and five, Charles. And I the nucleus is there now. The problem they've got is it is such a quarterback heavy um, quartet. But if Brady backs himself, and he no doubt will, it, I think this becomes the division to watch. Well,
2: Shaquille Barrett's staying, and he had nineteen sacks. Jason Pierre-Paul staying. Vita Vea is there, so that defence is decent. I think they need the, the secondary needs to sort itself out. The, the interesting thing for me, from a Tampa perspective, um, and I, I was uh, I was amused to see that the the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers website I think nearly crashed because everyone was trying to sign up for season tickets. Um, but from a Tampa perspective, you've had a quarterback who just airs it out, who's gung ho, who lobs it down the field, and sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. You've now got the most conservative quarterback in the league who never throws interceptions, who constantly throws it away whenever there's a bit of heat on him, how are they going to evolve that offense? And the other thing is the offensive line, as much as he's got lots of weapons, is that offensive line good enough to protect him? He's not exactly got lots of mobility in the pocket. So it'll be interesting to see how Arians deals with that and whether how he drafts maybe in terms of getting a bit of offensive line help for Brady. But the defense is good. So uh, the, 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 the other question that comes out of this is who's going to be the quarterback in New England now?
1: So, I think that's a that's a fascinating chat. You know who's going to go to New England? I mean, Joe Flacco's just you know been released for medical reasons uh, from his contract. That looks like the Broncos taking advantage of something to move on. Andy Dalton is going to be around, uh, or do they? I, I can't see them go straight to the draft. I really can't. There's uh, a bit
2: of rumble about Jacoby Brissett perhaps going back to new England because of what's happened with Indianapolis. And we'll get onto that in a minute as well. And and then you've got cam Newton who is probably without a team.
0: So before we move on, cause there's, there's a lovely little thread that we can go through Carolina to get to new England via Indianapolis. But before we do, I just, before we move away from Brady, I'm, I'm going to go out early on this one with a prediction. Um, And I am going to predict that Tom Brady does not lead the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a winning season in the 2020 NFL League. He is a quarterback on the decline. And you only need to look at the numbers and his quarterback rating over the last four years to see that every single year there has been a decline. There has been a decline in the average yards per game. There's been a decline in the quarterback rating. There has been just obviously a decline in his mobility. And the biggest thing for me, I think, actually about Tom Brady not being a success has got nothing to do with Tom Brady other than, he is a quarterback that has relied heavily on an effective backfield offensive threat. And that is something that Tampa Bay does not have. He has had players like James White, you know, even Sonny Michelle in more recent years. Over the years, he's always had a good run game that he can rely on when things are getting on top of him when the pocket isn't protecting him he can turn to his running backs he can lay off the ball and they can get the yards when they're needed I don't see that in Tampa Bay and without that he's going to be forced to throw it more and I think that's one of the symptoms with james winston james winston had to throw it because there was no running game and therefore the more you throw the ball around the more you're going to get intercepted now he's not going to get intercepted as much as james there's no way but you know let's remember that the bullet point on tom brady's career in new england was his final throw which was an interception which then eliminated them from the playoffs and that is oh. sorry
1: well no 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 i mean you you talk about the decline over four years which i get he got a ring in that period, remember? He did. So it's 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 not all bad, and I think you could be looking. But that at, wasn't down oh, to
0: Brady. That was down to a stinking LA Rams and the New England defense doing a good job.
1: Well, you know, no, two, two two things on that camera. One, the Rams got what they deserved, which was fine. We're happy about that. And two, Peyton Manning. <laughs> Peyton Manning could barely move. Yeah, in it, an it NFL is. sense, when he won, so. You just—you could just be that missing experience piece. You go into that huddle, you exude the confidence, and you just do what you have to do to get them up and down. That could be enough. My concern—and it'll be interesting for Charles' take on this—I think he's going into a really hard division, and I think every game in that division now looks tremendous.
2: Yeah, I would agree. Um, Well, look at that—you got you have two elite quarterbacks in Breeze and Matt Ryan. Um, You've got. Carolina is going to be in a bit of a rebuild, but they're decent enough that they're going to win a few games, you would think. I I, I can see, I, I stand by this. I think this is an upgrade. I think that they may have a winning season. I think they might miss the playoffs because it's that difficult a division and it's that difficult a conference. The NFC is a far stronger conference than the AFC, but he immediately makes that, offense better in my view the question for me is will they be able to protect him they've got a good defense can they protect Brady because ultimately he can't move um I think Ronald Jones is not a bad running back so um a little bit harsh on on the run game in Tampa but I think Bruce Arians is he's been around the block he knows how to run an offense and he will tailor it to how he feels Brady's strengths will be and I think he'll I think it'll be really it'll be fun to watch, but you're quite right about the T V scheduling. They're gonna be on primetime all the time now. It's gonna be fascinating.
1: (laughs) <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. If you look at the Tampa Bay Bucks depth chart, they've got Ronald Jones II, Dare Wally, T.J. Logan. It's then I think Jamie Borthwick, and then it's Addison Eric Ware. That you know they're not particularly deep there, and I think that is an area of concern. We've not addressed though the main thing that Tom Brady might do now he goes down to Tampa Bay, he might have an influence on these new uniforms that are coming out in April because they're going for the redesign this year and rest assured I don't think Tom Brady would want to be running out in that horrible red and pewter with the digital numbers so it's going to be interesting to see what what they what they go with and whether he can actually say actually that's rubbish I'm not wearing that
0: <laughs> I, I you know they don't have a color blind quarterback is probably one of the things that you can probably go into this with but I just you know I just I, I I think there's gonna, too much I'm hype. I'm taking your bet.
2: By the way, I'm taking your bet. I think they are going to have a winning season, and I'm wanting a burger, please. If they
0: do, I
1: think you're already due me a burger. Um, you know, hang on. I've got I've got paper here, so we're going burger bet. So our our burger bet is so basically, Cameron is saying no better than seven and nine. Uh, no. What you said said not a winning
0: season. He said no winning season. So eight and eight.
1: No, no, so eight and eight. Charles, you're taking the over on that. So there we go. It's written down. (laughs) And the first burger bet of the season.
2: Do you think that that they have a chance of winning the division, Paul?
1: I think it depends on a a couple of things. and And I mean this very seriously. Which Atlanta are we going to see? Are we going to see the Atlanta that nearly got the coach fired? Or are we going to see the Atlanta who managed to beat a couple of good teams along the way? So I think that's one very interesting thing. And the second thing is, how are the Saints going to bounce from the disappointment of the last couple of years? They've got Drew Brees for another two years. You know, they're, they're going to be going for it. They're going to go all or nothing this year. I think the Saints are going all out. Uh, I think they will mortgage it. I think the Saints will be the team to beat in the division.
0: Uh, They remain the team to beat. As long as Drew Brees is there with Michael Thomas, they've still got Alvin Kamara. That is still the epitome of the, the team to beat in the NFC South. And I don't see anything to change that. Um, I actually think that the Panthers are your, the biggest threat. Uh, I think if Teddy Bridgewater can get into a groove... Now, the one thing that will count against Teddy is the if there's not camp. and uh, Although that's going to count against Brady as well, because these are two quarterbacks that are learning new playbooks. And in the case of Brady, he's only ever played under one head coach. Now he's got to go and completely relearn his trade at the age of 59, or whatever the hell he is. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, And I just don't think he's of the age that he'll be able to adapt to that as easily as someone like Teddy Bridgewater that's maybe done that in a few different places. Also, Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, off in the back of his 1,000-1,000-yard season, he is a greater threat than anyone on that Buccaneers team. Um, And with that in line, and if Bridgewater can get his groove, he's a run threat himself, as Cam Newton was, but he's also got an arm. He's very capable, and he stepped in and you know, took control when Drew Brees was injured and did a pretty damn decent job of it. So yeah. I ge- I genuinely, in that division, think that the Teddy Bridgewater pickup is a much stronger one for the Panthers than Brady is for the Buccaneers.
2: Oh, dearie me. I'm not going to have that at all. Teddy is a game manager. He's a game manager. With all due respect, to him, he might be a very nice chap, but he's not an elite, top-level quarterback, and he's not got the way... I mean, there's, there's a lot of rumble and chat if you if you read the, some of the, uh, the reports coming out of Carolina, that potentially everybody in there who's got value could be on the trade block. So there's been chat that they're maybe even thinking about trading um, McCaffrey. Because remember, it's a whole new coaching setup in there. So if that's the case, then they could be cannon fodder. Um, and a Bridgewater could be basically, he could be a bridge quarterback for perhaps somebody that they draft. So it'll be very interesting to see what they do in the draft. Because they've got quite a high draft pick. I think they've got a top ten draft pick. But I think I think Atlanta are going to be stronger than Carolina, definitely. So, and ultimately, this, the Saints are going to be the team to beat. But I think, yeah, I, I, I've got faith that Brady will continue. I hate. I don't like Tom Brady. I always thought that he was em, embellished by the system in New England with Belichick, and I thought that they made it work. But I think he ultimately upgrades Tampa, and they're now going to be. They should be now maybe not so much watchable but they're certainly going to win more games I
1: think well I mean their season tickets are going through the roof I listened to an interview last night with Dick Vitale who is a well known commentator over there he's now 80 still commentating for ESPN working hard big Tampa Bay Rays fan big Bucks fan he's got four season tickets on the 40 yard line and he said last season he couldn't give the damn things away it was that bad and that was how people thought, whereas now they are being, as you mentioned, they're being swamped for season tickets. And it's a great PR move for Tampa Bay. Now, we say, you know, they got them. I mean, Brady had the choice between them and the Chargers. I think the family have decided that they're going to settle in Florida. And I think that's the other reason he's gone down there.
0: Yeah. See, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I get the hype. I understand it. I just, I think he's too old now. I just think he's too old. Oh, well,
2: he's definitely too old.
0: Um, and I, and I,
2: so is Drew Brees. yeah, both well, too old.
0: Indeed. But um, <laughs> I think that you know, to your point, Bridgewater is not, and I don't think he's a top caliber quarterback. I don't think that at all. I think that. Cam was on the way out was definitely injured there was problems there none of the players that they brought in to back him up were of any good at all he's an upgrade on the carolina quarterback position from last year i also think that teddy bridge quarterback is a great name for the title of this podcast so that's what we're going to go with this week um
1: are be, you not going to go with Bridge over Troubled Waters?
0: Well, it was it, well. I was going to say Teddy Bridge Water Boy was what he was last year for most of it because he stood on the sidelines. But um, it's, I,
1: I quite liked. He ain't Teddy. He's my quarterback.
0: <laughs> hey, very good. Um, but you. yes. So anyway, right. We did say we were moving our way up. So, we next move is up to Indianapolis, and obviously the pickup of Phil Rivers,
2: another very aging sensible.
0: quarterback. But. Yeah,
2: I think it's very sensible. He knows Frank Reich's offense, plug in him, and he's maybe got he's got a year or is it two years? I think it's a year's contract. Um they're clearly going to win now. I mean, they've obviously um they've got DeForest Buckner in as well. I'm sure you want to talk about that later. Yeah. And they've got a very strong offensive line. So makes sense, really. He's gonna get go one last shot for the Super Bowl.
0: Thirty eight years old. He's still got years in him.
1: He's a young okay. he's a youngster. He he'll, he'll go for it. He's one of my favorite players. Um and I, I think he's going to go for it and I think it does fuel your speculation that Presek could go back to New England. Whether he'd start automatically or not I'm not so sure, but he's obviously going to be slightly hacked off that he's going back to number 2 role cuz Rivers has been fairly durable throughout his career so you would expect him to play most of the snaps.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's been, he has been fairly consistent, you know, you've got to go back to 2012, which was the last season he had where he didn't get over 4000 yards on the season. His interception numbers have, you know, never been brilliant. But he's always outweighed that quite heavily with his touchdowns. Whereas last year, 23 touchdowns to 20 interceptions, not a particularly good year. It wasn't a great year in LA and it hasn't been great for LA uh, over the last couple. And an interesting tact from them where they seem to be suggesting as well that they're trying to engage better with the LA market by uh, confirming they're going to start Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback next year. That'll draw them in.
2: Well, I think that there's a bit of a smokescreen there with a bit of, with that. I mean, you mentioned his Rivers numbers in L.A. Two years ago, of course, they they won 12 games and they were a wild card. Um, last year, of course, it was really difficult. I think mostly due to that offensive line, which was diabolical. Um, but the, uh, the, the Tyrod Taylor thing... I'm not buying that. I, I can see San Diego drafting a quarterback, and I know we'll talk about the draft later on uh, in coming weeks, but I would not be surprised if they trade up because they've got potential to go up. I think they're six at the moment sitting in the draft, and there's uh, there's two or three potential options that they could go for uh, in, in in terms of a quarterback. So I think the Tyrod Taylor stuff is, I think it's PR, if nothing else. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, two is there, you know, and he could be that kind of quarterback that people want to watch, and they might just pull the trigger on that to make them watchable, and you're trying to get over from, you know, what the Rams are doing. I'm not convinced the Rams are particularly set up for success. Now, we're, we're, we are talking about, you know, movements. I mean, just a couple of hours ago, I mean, Todd Gurley's been cut.
0: Yeah, which is interesting because there was chat of them trying to trade him away. I... <laughs> It's an interesting one with Gurley because actually he's the sort of player that might end up staying in LA because Melvin Gordon's coming out of the Chargers. Maybe the Chargers go and pick up Gurley, plug him in, and he doesn't have to move anything. You know what, Todd? Just stay where you're living. You don't need to sell your (laughs) house. Um, Come and play for the Chargers.
2: It shows how much the running back market has kind of fallen through the floor. And you look at Derrick Henry, of course, is going to be franchise tagged. They weren't prepared to do a deal. Um, with him, Tennessee, because it's so difficult to be a durable running back, and Gurley was offered a mega contract a couple of years ago, they've realised that it was probably a waste of money, so it's uh, it's difficult being a running back in the NFL, but the, um, I, I think, if you look, if we go back to the quarterback carousel,
1: yep.
2: which is basically what it's been, I mean, it's incredible how many quarterbacks have been uh, linked with moves, or have moves, there's a couple very significant ones who have stayed, Tannehill at Tennessee, Mega deal, um, and Prescott staying in Dallas, albeit on a tag. But you look at um, Nick Foles moving up to Chicago. So that was the I one I wanted
0: to talk about next. Yeah, Nick. That's Foles. really interesting. Yeah. So one of my best mates is a Bears fan. He's gutted that they've picked up Nick Foles, and he feels like that are uh, the worst of all the available options to them. Um, and I, I don't know with this one. I think. If you're looking for the biggest upgrade from last year to this year, I think Nick Foles on his day is so much better than Mitch Trubisky that this has the potential to be the biggest upgrade.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. And I'm personally, as a Packers fan, I was hoping that they wouldn't get a quarterback at all and stick with Mitch Trubisky because he's garbage. But they uh, have decided. I think they. I, I think he's Nick Foles is a de, is a decent enough player when he's fit. I mean, he he knows um, Matt Nagy's offense. He's worked with Matt Nagy before. So again, I think that they will look to be able to just plug him in as and when. I think it, it from what has come out of Chicago, they have said that they want to move forward with Trubisky and give him a chance. But he has now got a really experienced guy with a Super Bowl ring sitting behind him. If he makes one mistake, he's out of there. So it's a bit like the Mariota-Tannehill scenario last year. Mariota started the season didn't produce the goods, got benched, Tannehill came in, and the rest is history. And it's, you, you can see Chicago doing that. It's the, it's the one smart move that Chicago have made so far, because everything else they've done has been completely daft.
1: But. Yeah. Well, Mitch Trubisky, I mean, the only reason, the only way I see him getting a lot of playing time in Chicago this year is if he goes to the White Sox, because I, I don't think he's going to be doing much. You've got Nick Foles. You're, I mean, the good thing is, you know, the Jacksonville realised that it wasn't gonna work. It's only a fourth round pick. So, you know, Chicago haven't overpaid for Nick Foles. but if you're gonna move from Jacksonville to Chicago, what guarantees are you getting? Are you has he been told, Look, Mitch Trubisky starts but tell you what, you know, he sneezes in the wrong direction, you're in or is it basically you're gonna compete? for the job during training camp that's what I, I don't really think has come out yet
2: yeah and the the, the, one, the striking aspect of that deal is if you're Jacksonville what a salary dump that is that's 33 million of dead money unbelievably bad business over the last year and a half to get him in and then ship him out the door and it means that they're going to go ahead with with Gardner Minshew as well so it shows how well he did but um, I think Foles this is his last chance saloon so he'll be pretty pumped to try and and make an impression Um, but I still think they'll start with Trubisky, hopefully they'll blow a few games and then they'll be out of the division then they'll give Foles the reins for the rest of the season which meanwhile Green Bay will be sauntering to the division title by this point so
1: Come on, Cameron, take him up on that. That's, burger. <laughs> that's gonna, a burger bet. I'm going to <laughs> let that one slide. I'm going to let slide.
0: I think the, the, the one thing about Foles that's got to be a worry is the fact that he has never completed a full season uh, anywhere that he's been. You know, there's definitely a good Nick Foles and there's a pretty bad Nick Foles as well. You know, his worst season from a quarterback rating point of view was 2015 with the St. Louis Rams. That Rams team stank, so we'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. Um, You know, we'll remember him for that amazing... Uh, time with the Eagles, when he stepped in, when Vents went down and he led that team to a phenomenal Super Bowl. Uh, And he's not just a Super Bowl winner, but he's the highest scoring quarterback in a Super Bowl. You know, he led his team to a record victory, uh, which was quite something. Uh, I think it's a good bit of business by the Bears. I think what they've got there is an actual threat to Trubisky. Now, for Mitch Trubisky, you either take this opportunity to raise your game and you figure out how to make it work. Or you fold and there's someone capable there to come in and take over. I think Trubisky may start the season. But I mm. think that we'll see folds, like you said, you know, by probably week three. Uh, and I think that that'll be the case if... Trubisky comes in and just can't get it going again because there's talent in that Chicago team. I had really high expectations for them. And to your point about them doing stupid business, I mean, throwing that much money at Jimmy Graham for me just feels nonsense. Robert Quinn's an interesting one. You know, obviously a defensive end. He had a couple of amazing seasons at the Rams. 2013, he had 19 sacks, which is impressive. Um Last year with the Cowboys, he wasn't terrible. He had 11 and a half sacks in 14 games, which is not an awful return. Um, no. But it is a lot of money. Uh, and I guess it's one of those ones where, you know, they needed to fill a gap there. There's definitely worse players. He's sort of semi-proven. We know what he's capable of. I don't see that as terrible business. But the Jimmy Graham thing, I was just like, geez, why are you chucking that much money at him?
2: Robert Quinn's an upgrade on Leonard Floyd who they re- released yes. and who has ended up in LA at the Rams. So yeah. the Rams completely decided that they've just, they're they're going into a complete rebuild as well. I mean it's what, only just over a year since they were lost in the Super Bowl and it's I think what what this week has shown is that the Super Bowl window for so many teams is incredibly narrow. There's so many teams looking to win now and if they don't win in the season that they target they have to do a total rebuild i mean the salary cap rules have changed and there's going to be money growing on trees for a lot of these teams but there are a few like the, the jaguars who were in the afc championship game very not that long ago at all i mean you could hardly see them winning a game in the coming season because they're in salary cap purgatory yeah so it's quite interesting how quickly it can change around and it shows the franchises that run themselves efficiently and smartly are the ones that year after year continue to contend. So, um, and it's it, 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 it's always fascinating to see which ones come through after missing out the season before. It'll be fascinating to see which ones do it this time around. Where
0: do you guys think Jameis Winston ends up? Well,
2: it's if you look at the options that are left... Um, Cincinnati, you would imagine, are going to draft Joe Burrow. Um, I would have said potentially somewhere like Oakland, but then they've traded for Marcus Mariota. So Derek Carr sitting on a hot seat. Um, beyond that, the only place where there's a bit of, well, be, uh, besides New England, who don't have a starter, the only place that it, in my mind is a question mark is Denver with Drew Locke, who is not proven. And you wonder whether they might sign a veteran like uh, Jameis Winston potentially to sit behind him or to challenge him. That, to me, logically seems the only place that he might be able to go. And the same it's the same for Cam Newton and Andy Dalton.
1: I, I could see um, him going either to Seattle or Dallas as a backup. That, I think, is, is what he's looking at. I, I You look around and you think, where's a starting job going to come? And I don't see where a starting job for him, given th- that he is, a, I mean, I've heard him call it a drive killer. You know, you're playing, you're playing well, you're marching down the field and bang, you know, 30 interceptions during the season. Okay, you could argue some of them weren't his fault, but the majority of them were his fault. I, I just don't see... You know where he goes as as a starter.
2: He's he's thrown for five thousand yards. That's the scary thing. Some this of them the even in the right direction. Well, oh. he must. He probably threw. If, if it was all in the right direction, it would have been about nine thousand. <laughs> he, yeah, he's, he's got value somewhere. This guy is clearly talented. He's just not. There's there's a missing piece, and there must be. There'll be a coach out there somewhere, or an offensive coordinator out somewhere out there somewhere thinking. I can do a job with this guy. There the other the one place that there is a question mark long term over quarterbacks is Pittsburgh because we don't know what Rutherford's health is going to his health's going to be like coming back. Would Pittsburgh take a punt on a veteran like um Winston or Newton or, or or Andy Dalton. Nobody knows that, but there's not a lot of options left. This is what this is why it's so difficult now. There's only 32 starting jobs and you've got to be good and you've got to be consistent, and then you've got the guys who are being drafted, and two or three are going to be drafted this year who may well start. So, look at poor old Josh Rosen, he was drafted two years ago, he was a hot prospect, and now he's lying on a beach in Miami with a no prospect at all. Yeah,
1: what? Yeah. I mean, it, it, sorry, I mean, I'm ju- I've just, you know, I'm, I'm scrolling through various things, you know, you, you look at, and I, I genuinely can't see the starting quarterbacks either, not because they're particularly great. You could argue Washington is a potential landing spot if the Dwayne Haskins thing doesn't work out. Um, But I I genuinely cannot see, and it would be interesting to to, to, the people listening to this, if they can think where he would actually go to start. Because I just can't figure it out. I mean, if it doesn't work out for the Chargers, does he go there? But the Chargers have got a high draft pick. I've already mentioned, I think they could go for Tua. So I think it's a fascinating one, and it just shows you that You know, he had the four-year contract, franchise tagged. It's not worked. And I think Tampa did the right thing last year by not throwing buckets of money at him.
0: So I think there's three potential landing spots and there's one outsider that I'm going to pitch forward. And I see it as being one of these. I think he ends up at either the Jacksonville Jaguars to go and back up Gardner Minshew just in case that Minshew mania was a rookie season wonder. Um, I think that there's a potential. He ends up in New England. I think that that's not unreasonable. I think that you're talking about a missing piece. If Bill Belichick wants to go out in a swan song, uh, imagine taking someone like Jameis Winston from a 30 interception season and then taking him on a Super Bowl run. Um, And I think that the other one is the LA Chargers. Um, Because he is, whether he throws interceptions or not, they're used to that based on Philip Rivers' season last year. He only threw 10 more than Rivers did. Um, And he's a way more exciting and much higher potential than Tyrod Taylor is. The outsider for me uh, would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because I don't think that Mason Rudolph or Duck Hodges were any good at all. I think that Mason Rudolph's got loads of question marks over him. Ben Roethlisberger obviously coming back after a long injury. He's not young anymore. There's only so long that he can continue. And if he gets another heavy head knock or anything like that, or that elbow just doesn't recover, then someone like James Winston's a better prospect to come in and play than either Rudolph or
1: Hodges. So that's my but pitch. I, I, I'm fairly certain that New England would not accept Jameis Winston. Boston is a hard, hard sports market. It's not Philadelphia, granted, but it's a hard, hard sports market. Could you sell losing Tom Brady, you know, six rings, greatest of all time, blah, 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 and bringing in an interception machine? (laughs) Now... Yeah. Bill Belichick may see that as a challenge, but I'll tell you what, uh, is it WFAN in Boston or WD? One of them, the main radio station in Boston, would absolutely slaughter you if you went down that, that route. Absolutely slaughter you. There's there's no way that they would accept Jameis Winston coming in there. I just cannot see it. It's WEI, that's the name I was trying to remember. I just don't think that would sell.
2: Belichick, I can see, and Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator there, they are going to go for somebody who they can trust. And of the quarterbacks on the market, if we're looking at them going for somebody who is a veteran who's got experience, then the three are Dalton, Brissett, Newton. Now, who do you trust? Do you trust Newton's fitness? They've worked with Jacoby Brissett before. Andy Dalton is a good quarterback, he's been to the playoffs he's been let down by a franchise that has been sleepwalking for a decade or more Uh, he's made mistakes, I think it's the toss up between Andy Dalton and Jacoby Brissett if you're New England, if you're wanting to go down that route, I can't see them drafting a rookie, it's not the way that New England do, do business, having said that they seem to be clearing the cupboards out up in Boston, so you don't really know what's going through Belichick's mind, and of course, he's one of these rare um, guys who not is just—he's not just a head coach; he runs the front office as well. So, wh- I, are we going to go on to the other man who runs the front office as well as as a head
1: coach? Uh, well, t- <laughs> see, just before we do that, yeah, Charles, sure. I, breaking <laughs> news—I have to say, Todd Gurley has just won the internet because he has just tweeted this minute: "Damn, I got fired on my day off." <laughs> <laughs> hashtag um, hashtag quarantine and chill. Well played. That that's genius. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure that, that, that he'll be
2: cushioned by the signing on fee when he signs for a new team. I'm sure that'll be that'll make him feel better.
1: Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely bro Yeah. So let let's get to. I mean, the, the unbelievable doings in, in Houston because I presume Cameron. That's where you're going.
0: Yes, um, I'm just going to go out and say this uh, before we go on to Houston's because we're we need to spend the rest of the podcast just talking about that absolute shambles. I'm I'm saying now, I'm, James Winston, New England. The the more you argued against it, the more it made me think it's going to happen. I, legitimately, <laughs> honestly, but that's the last bit. of it, right? burger, burger bet, burger bet, bet. fight, yep. <laughs> burger <laughs> bet. Let's double that's... down, <laughs> James Winston, James to
1: New to New England, to New England. James okay. To new
0: England with these new fixed eyes and not having to play anybody in red, um I think you know you take the risk. He's got a backfield. There's so many. There's so much upside there if Belichick can fix them. So there, that's what I'm going with. Anyway, right.
2: <sighs> what on Bill earth O'Brien. is Bill happening O'Brien. in Houston? Dearie me, Bill O'Brien what do you what do you say i mean this is the problem when you give someone the keys to the kingdom and then realize that the power's gone at their head um i ha- it was the f- the funniest bit about this bit of business was the fact that the the original news was that houston had traded for david johnson and everyone thought <laughs> all right okay well that's fair enough and then it only dropped about 3 minutes later by the way the andre hopkins is going the other way for a second round pick and i think honestly the, The the NFL fraternity internet just about imploded at that point. It's jaw-dropping in terms of what's happened. But it's another example of Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans letting some talent walk out the building. And according to some reports, on the basis of personal relationship. And I don't know how you can run a, a sports team like that. If you fall out with one of your best players... You have got to try and fix it, surely to goodness. And so they've let Hopkins walk. And if you're Arizona, you you think you've won the lottery?
1: Oh, well, I mean, it, it it's incredible. Now, some of the some of the headlines that that I loved. So the ringer went with for reasons that remain unclear, the Texans traded DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. That one, and a fourth round pick to the Cardinals for David Johnson. Uh, CBS Sports described it on Monday. The Houston Texans added to their year of hell by completing one of the worst trades in recent memory. Uh, We've got uh, DeAndre Hopkins' trade. This is an ABC 13 local to the area. Fans and NFL players alike, including J.J. Watt and Leonard Ferret, were shocked to hear about the trade. But the best one, if you've seen the reaction of Michael Irvin, who has spoken to De Andrew Hopkins? He couldn't believe. He thought somebody was, you know, pulling the proverbial. He couldn't believe they've done it. So, I, I've been, you know, looking at this to think there's got to be a reason for it. You know, how can I come on this podcast and take, you know, the, the I'll call it the gym trainer position. You know, ready to argue with any about about anything. And <laughs> I say I say that with love because I used to work with Jim. You know, he would take country positions. but I cannot see what they get out of this, if you're pissing off your locker room, you're pissing off your fan base, and I'm with Charles, there comes a point the guy might annoy the absolute hell out of you, but what are you going to do? You're not bringing in somebody better. You're bringing in a running back who, on his day, can be exceptionally good. But it's harder to find a wide receiver of Hopkins standing than it is for a running back of Johnson standing. That's where the
2: problem with Bill O'Brien's role comes in. And for maybe maybe those listeners who don't appreciate what his role is, he is not just the head coach, he is the GM as well. And that's why you have two different roles at most franchises, um, to act as a buffer, essentially. Someone who looks after the roster, someone who looks after the dressing room. And then if there are problems, then there can be a mediator on either side, and Ultimately, Bill O'Brien has made this call. This is his call, absolutely on his neck. And when you consider that Deshaun Watson, who's one of the probably the top five quarterbacks in the league at the moment, both in terms of you know, sex appeal and in terms of talent, Houston have got a great thing going there. And then they've got rid of their star asset when their, their top quarterback is under a rookie contract. And I think we've talked before about how quarterbacks under rookie contracts who can make an impact immediately, that's so precious for a franchise because it gives you the chance to put weapons in next to them. And Houston were, what, they were 24-0 up on Kansas City in the divisional round. I mean, they could have made the Super Bowl if things had gone the right way for them. And now they've got rid of their best player. It's absolutely nuts.
1: See, I think it's one of these things, you know, you go out for a night in a bar and you have one of these sort of fantasy moves. You know, if we were to offer six bottles of Corona light, you know, and a a couple of packets of crisps, could we get DeAndre Hopkins? And you think, well, it would never, ever happen. But they've obviously still been drunk. They've made the phone call. And I don't think they can believe that, you know, that that Houston said yes.
2: It's staggering that there wasn't another franchise out there who was prepared to take him on and pay more.
1: Exactly. And you just wonder... You know, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of things, you know, it's like, um, you know, people are saying, why, you know, what else can we, should we go and see if we can get Deshaun Watson? Are they trying to get rid of him as well? It's just, it is utterly bizarre. Now, here here's a great one. And I saw this earlier. Houston traded away both Jadavian Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins in back-to-back years, and they didn't get a first round pick for either. That's mm-hmm. hard. To, that is hard to do.
2: Very hard to do. And then they they mortgaged the house to bring in Laramie Tunsil, and they don't have a first-round pick. They've given all their picks to Miami. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, I think there's enough talent in Houston that they could still do quite well, but it's a tough division now with Tennessee and Indianapolis doing well, you know?
0: Yeah, and you've got to think the Colts as well with Philip Rivers and the upgrades that they've got um, are... For me, the Colts are the favorite for that division now, as it stands, as as we are here right now. Um, and I think that it's a massive drop-off for the Texans because who's catching the ball now? You know, the, the wide receiver depth chart in Houston has been, uh, has been shallow and injured predominantly over the last couple of years. So there's definite problems there. Uh, I think, for me, the things that are weird here is that Kenyon Drake was tagged earlier in the morning now Possibly this trade had already been agreed and it just hadn't come out yet. But you gotta think that, you know, if if this trade was done after that tag was in place, then David Johnson's trade value is nothing. Because clearly they're going with their number one as Kenyon Drake. You're then trading for a number two running back. Even then. 2016, David Johnson had a belter, an absolute belter, over 2,000 combined yards. He was a great player, but he got injured and missed most of the 2017, and he has not been the same player since. Now, granted, the Cardinals uh, have been pretty rotten, but then, you know, and credit to the Cardinals' uh, front office, because they went and got Kenyon Drake for what is going to amount to at most a compensatory fifth-round pick to the Dolphins. So they got Kenyon Drake, who was immediately a threat, came in and right away, and I'm sure his first game was against the Niners as well, um, but he was immediately massively impressive, very, very good, and was a backfield threat that complemented Kyle Murray. So David Johnson was always on the way out. And if you're the Texans, right, the one position, and we've talked about this already, that's devalued at the moment, is the running back position. And you look at some of the other running backs that are out there and still setting as free agents, right now you've got Devonta Freeman, you've got Melvin Gordon, Uh, Okay, you maybe didn't know it. You've now got Todd Gurley. Carlos Hyde was there last year. He's still available. Even Frank Gore would have been worth a season. (laughs) For God's sake. You know, Chris Thompson's on that list. Ty Montgomery, fine, didn't do much in uh, New, New Jersey with the Jets or anything like that. But there's a couple of players there. Amir Abdullah is an available running back. Now, if you've watched All or Nothing, you know that that's the player that the Cardinals wanted before they eventually got David Johnson. Um, I'm not suggesting that Amir Abdullah would be worth getting because he's really not had much of a a career since. But if you look at the available wide receivers, it's a comparison. So you've now got to go and fill a gap. They went and got Randall Cobb. And to be honest, he's the best of what is a pretty bad lot. You look through it, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Geronimo Allenson, Robbie Anderson, maybe a a, a, a bit of a punt there. He he showed an upside. Travis Benjamin, (laughs) Philip Dorset. Uh, Devin Funchess, Taylor Gabriel, Josh Gordon—nobody's touching him. Rashard Higgins, similar sort of stuff. Johnny Holton, Rashad Perriman. Emmanuel Sanders is the one player that's on there uh, who's available. I still hope he ends up
2: back at the Niners. But there's he's, going the
1: same, so he's going to there, the Saints. He's going to the Saints.
2: There's a there is a very deep um, wide receiver core in this year's draft, which would be great if if the Houston Texans. Had a number one draft pick, yeah. which they don't and because they got rid of it. So you know, maybe they think that they can pick up a draft a draft pick if they can shuffle their packs about. But I, I, honestly, it's it's unfathomable. Even if they Take a
0: receipt, wider... I mean, I get like fine. The salary might have been an issue, but there's other pieces that you offload in Houston before you offload uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who is just one of. The best, um, and wasn't like it wasn't like an Odell Beckham situation where Odell was clearly disruptive in New York, and they wanted to move him on because do you know what, it was just going to be better that way. It didn't feel like, certainly from the outside looking in, that Hopkins was a problem, and you just uh, absolute disarray. Now, interestingly, I wonder, I wonder whether <laughs> with all this negative feedback, I don't think the players have had their medicals on this one, and therefore there's still an opportunity for the Texans to get out of it. I wonder whether they will see this and they'll now be hoping and really hoping that David Johnson fails his medical.
2: Well, that, that would be very convenient, but, um, that would, I think ultimately we're only going to know what the, 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 real depth behind this is when Bill O'Brien finally actually speaks to the world, which may not be for many, many months.
1: No, no. He, he was quoted today as saying, <laughs> because that, that, that's about as much sense as he makes. Uh,
2: <laughs> what well, another wide, the other wide receiver move which was really um interesting for me and this is uh a, a classic case of a team going all in is um the bills trading for Stefan Diggs and that's a that's a great move and like, brilliant I like move. not just for lot. the fact that not just for the fact that he's now out at the NAC door
1: <laughs> yeah a- i i i think that's pretty good i must admit and i think you know is it uh, Slay as well going from uh, Detroit yeah. uh, to the Easy Eagles. The Eagles, yeah, I, I I think that's a fabulous pickup for the Eagles. You know, so sometimes these things can get a little bit lost. But Darius Slay and I know it's a trade, and we'll talk about trades, but we're just touching on them. Uh, we've been talking a while, but I think for a a twenty twenty third round and one of their twenty twenty fifth round, I think that's a really good pickup.
0: Yes, I I definitely agree. There's there's been some good business there's definitely been some bad business. And there's still a whole load of business still to go. We've not even got to the draft and all the trades that will come with that. We normally do see players getting drafted during that. And again, interesting to see how that plays out with everything that's going on with the lockdowns um, and how all that pans out. Uh, Interesting couple of weeks ahead for sure. But for me, I think I'm going to, you know, we have been talking for almost an hour. Um, I think that we probably draw a line for this one uh, and we come back and talk about some of the other action that's taken place. But... We touched on it at the beginning. Let's touch on it again at the end. How important has it been to have this content uh, and have some something sporting to talk about? Free agency in NFL is magnificent. I think it's one of the best things in sport, out with actual live sporting action, uh, and it's been another blockbuster year.
2: It's been fantastic to, to to listen to all the the chat around the moves. It's been it has been fantasy land. For any NFL fanatic this week, um, it's almost as if if you've been playing your Madden and you go on to fantasy mode. Whoever you want to get from whichever team, it's been like that. And some of the things that have happened in the last week uh, have really moved the league on, I think, in terms of, um, I mean, the NFC South is going to be brilliant to watch now with Brady in there. Um, and you look at the NFC West as well with the, the Cardinals now who are a viable contender to seattle and san francisco the nfc is locked and loaded and the afc now is wide open i beyond kansas city i and perhaps baltimore who've made a couple of really good pickups as well i think that it's wide open for so many teams to make an impact um perhaps who've not in in recent years because brady leaving new england i think is the domino which triggers everything in that division
1: yeah, I mean I heard the weirdest statement that I've heard in a long long time when I was watching the NFL network and they said the Buffalo Bills may start as favorites for the AFC East. And you think, <laughs> wow, if there's anything that's going to suggest life has changed, that that is it. And I know we're we're getting close to our mark. Sadly on a more serious note, Sean Payton has been reported as testing positive for coronavirus. Um You know, it's one of the biggest names in American sports coaching. So it just goes to show this horrible virus that there is going about that we're all trying to take care from, you know, can hit anybody. So obviously uh, we wish Sean Payton all the best.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think he'll be the last to 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 have this either as well. Probably the first big name in the NFL, I think. Certainly the first big name I'm aware of to be, you know, confirmed positive. Uh, interesting to see as well that he's been very upfront and honest about this. Um, it's interesting, I think, that you know, in in the states, certainly being sick can sometimes be deemed a little bit of a weakness, um, and which I think is a wrong thing personally. Um, so really good of him to come out and say that, uh, you know, this has happened to him so that he can share his experiences and talk to people. I think at a time like this, you know, the more information that we get from the people who have actually gone through this, the more it drives the, the message home about how significant this is uh, and how we need to just work together as a human race worldwide to just try and tackle this. If we want to get sport back soon, we need to tackle it head on because this could drag on forever. And it's just we're all just going to suffer for it.
2: Quite right. Yeah, well said. And we all want to see everybody back out there playing sport outside. And we want us to be able to watch sport on the television inside. And yeah. the sooner we get back to that, the better.
1: Amen to that, brother. Absolutely.
0: Well, do you know what? I think that's the full-time whistle then for episode 90 of the NFL Scotland podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We hope we filled at least 60 minutes of your evening. Um, and hopefully you're not getting too bored in your isolation.
1: We'll be back very soon because there is so much to talk about at this time of year and because everybody is a little bit, hmm, uh, and there's more time on hand. We'll try and get you another podcast very soon indeed.
0: Yeah, thank you to Charles for joining us. Again, always great to hear what he's got to say. We'll be chatting to some of the other guys from the NFL Scotland podcast as well. Just one thing to mention, unfortunately, due to the coronavirus, this probably won't come as any surprise, uh, the live event the 82 Press had um, with the X Factor Dante Hall that has been postponed uh, they're working on trying to do something as soon as we can share any information about that we absolutely will do
1: yeah gutted for that You know, done an awful lot of hard work but hopefully that will come to pass at some point we've had a great time talking about everything that's going on at the NFL please follow our social media channels check us out on Facebook etc etc for Charles for Cameron and myself Paul Mitchell thanks for listening bye for now